Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Welcome to Exhale, a Black Woman's Guide to Mental Health. I'm your host, Karen Vaughn, and today we're having a very special episode. We're going to welcome our guest, the extraordinary Nadia Miller. She's a breast cancer survivor and president of Pink Forever. As we honor Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Nadia shares her incredible journey of resilience, joining us for an inspiring conversation that goes beyond pink ribbons, diving into the depths of her story, her advocacy work, and the powerful lessons she learned along the way. Welcome, Nadia. Thank you for having me. It's so wonderful to have you. You've been doing so much with Pink Forever uh, over the years, and you've just blossomed now to one of the biggest networks for women of color, breast cancer awareness and advocacy. So just congratulations. Thank you so much. It's really exciting. Yeah, and we are in October now the month that we all lean into our breast health just a little bit more and bring awareness as well. So can you tell us about your story? You are a breast cancer survivor. Yes, I am a 16-year breast cancer survivor. Mm -hmm. so I was diagnosed with breast cancer when I was 28. But actually, my breast cancer story began with my sister, who was diagnosed at the um, age of 30, and subsequently she had passed away of breast cancer. Mm. And uh, quite a bit, but um, I, quite a bit of treatment, mm -hmm. a lot of surgeries, but um, I'm 16 years out now, so yes. really excited. And I know there's a lot in there, but, you know, overall, um, it, it wasn't, it, it has not been, and it's still not, it's still not easy, but... Yeah. Um, I think continuing to do the things that the organization does, and then also I do personally, mm -hmm. kind of helps persevere. Absolutely. You know, when we think of going through something as traumatic as cancer and breast cancer, it can be emotionally taxing. So how did you prioritize your mental health during your treatment and during your recovery? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so during treatment, um, in the beginning, I'll mm -hmm. start there. In the beginning, I really did not understand the importance of prioritizing my mental health. Okay. Because I was in, I got to survive this thing. Yeah. I had a daughter, um, family, and actually they were at the forefront of my mind in the very beginning. Okay. And then as I began to go through treatment I, and, and surgeries and other things like that, I began mm -hmm. to realize how important it was to mind my own mind, mm -hmm. you know, and my own emotions so that I could take care of those other things. And how did I prioritize it? It was either I did or it was going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. So um, I made it, I decided that, that I would put how I felt about what I was going through in my terms. Mm -hmm. I would deal with it professionally, socially, spiritually, mm -hmm. you know, 
I made a decision that 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 had to be the priority and everything else after that, mm -hmm. it had to come after mm -hmm. that. And when you got to the point where I'm making myself a priority, was there one instance or just a aha moment that just really shaved off everything else and you leaned into yourself? Yeah, there actually was. Uh, I had I had multiple surgeries, but mm -hmm. um, after treatment was over, I thought I was on the home stretch, but I was still working like I usually work, which as an executive, you know, yeah. you, you work. I mean, 60, 70 hour days, if not more, there was no weekends. And I had a, uh, my reconstruction failed. Mm. Um, I had a very unexpected situation where I had to go under surgery again, but it was because I wouldn't rest. It was because I wasn't taking the time that I was supposed to take. I was go, go, go. And at that particular time, I decided then that I would do things a little bit different. And, and so baby mm -hmm. steps, but I did that. And I continue to do that. I continue mm -hmm. to measure what I am doing, why I am doing it, and how I am doing it to make sure that I'm tapped into the space that matters and not the mm -hmm. other things that really are not the matter with what right. I'm dealing with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The space that matters. I love that. I love that. And when you think about the space that matters, there are, you know, many that are watching or listening, they're having their own aha moment. So what advice can you share with others that may be going through breast cancer, having a family member that is going through breast cancer to find their space that matters for them? I think um, it's not much profundity here, but <laughs> yeah. um, the advice that I would give is to breathe. Mm. It's a powerful mechanism. Just breathe. And then begin again once you understand what you're dealing with. I think at times we get to moving and doing things and we don't have a clear picture. And then sometimes because we haven't taken a moment just to breathe, all those other things start happening in our minds that really are not happening in reality. Yeah. And so you just center yourself. You find the space that matters, which sometimes is just sitting silently and just to breathe mm -hmm. and then move mm -hmm. and then move. But not until, not until you have just a moment. I call it taking two beats. Mm -hmm. Take two beats to just think about whether it's a diagnosis, whether it's a surgery that you have to go through, whether it's all the things that the doctor has said, just take a minute and then move. So being in that space and you finding your center and taking your two beats, there are family members and friends that are just all over you, wanting to connect, making sure you're okay. And sometimes that can be too much. So how do you have those courageous conversations with family and friends that this is my space now? And how can you help those family members understand a bit more what somebody is going through when they are living through breast cancer? Yeah, it's, it's hard. I mean, you said it best. You, you have to have uh, uh, a courageous conversation from the space of this is what I need. Mm -hmm. Because often our family members, our friends, our close network, they're doing what they think may help you. When the reality is you may only need, I may only need just a simple phone call, or I may need 
nothing at a particular point. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's best that you find a way to communicate with your network of people, with your loved ones, with your family, with your children, about what your needs are. So then that way it doesn't become overwhelming when you're getting cards and text messages and advice that you didn't want and, yeah. you know, horror stories, um, you know, and all of those other things. I think you must find a way to just have the conversation. And how I did it was I called a family meeting with my family. Okay. I called a meeting to just let them know what I needed from them. And then when it changed and when it evolved and I needed more or I needed less, I promised them, I committed to them that I would let them know. But until then, just give me time to, because it's a process. Yeah. It's, it's a process. It's a process of appointments. It's a process of understanding that what your new normal is, mm. you know, mm -hmm. um, and all of those things, all these people love you, right? And yeah. They, and they want to be there for you, but you do have to have a balance with that so that you can get through it. So you can manage what's actually going on for yourself before you can actually even accept and find out what kind of help you need for this new mm -hmm. thing that has disrupted your life. Mm -hmm. And then you took that family meeting and you created a community meeting <laughs> <laughs> with, with Pink Forever. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Tell us about Pink Forever's mission and how you are building awareness throughout the black community. Yeah, Pink Forever's mission, I mean, we have four pillars in, mm -hmm. in our mission, and, and that is to eliminate uh, black breast cancer through advocacy, education, mm -hmm. uh, research, and empowerment. And then we develop multiple programs to address those four pillars within the community. Um, we've been around for about 16 years now, and we actually took on a merger in about two in 2021 mm -hmm. to strengthen um, the work in the Indianapolis community, you know, and abroad to make sure that we were addressing those particular needs. We were addressing conversations that needed to have survivorship, family, mm -hmm. advocacy, getting involved in clinical trials and clinical research with partners here in Indianapolis and other spaces and places so that we could really address the disparity because it's going to take all of us to do so. And so, yeah. you know, our organization does definitely has a seat at the table and is, and is doing our, our part now. And it was founded um, due to the fact that the breast cancer and my history of breast cancer and my family, and we lost so many people. It was like, mm -hmm. look, we've got to do something. And so, um, and, and, and we've done that, and, and we want to continue to do that by strengthening the things that the organization does, really by collaboration and partnerships here in Indianapolis. Awesome. So just thinking of the outreach to the community, what are some of the misconceptions or stigmas around breast cancer in our community? And then how do you work to address the issues and take away the stigma? Um, I think the, the biggest misconception, and I'll give mm -hmm. you three, I think number one is the fact that breast cancer only happens to older people. And, <laughs> yeah. and you're, we're seeing now that being a young breast cancer survivors is a thing. It's not a fluke. I think mm -hmm. also uh, a, a misconception is that you have to have a family history of breast cancer. And, and actually 95% of uh, particularly women that are diagnosed with breast cancer have no known family history. Um, and I think that fear, 
I think mm. there's a misconception about how strong fear really is that can paralyze one from moving forward into either getting mammography done or um, maybe finding a lump or not understanding what to do, that it paralyzes them to the point that about time they do get to their physician or their medical professional, that the disease has progressed. Yeah, I don't want to deal with it. Yeah, they, yeah. it's not going to do it. Yeah. And so um, specifically because of those things and others, we've wrapped programming around all of that. And okay. so uh, there's programs at Pink, we have emergency assistance through the Nading mm -hmm. Whitlock Hayes Fund where folks that are in active treatment, at no cost to them, we uh, pay for medical bills, uh, surgeries, just about the gamut of anything. We also have advocacy where we have advocates here in Indianapolis and Delaware County and Madison County mm -hmm. where we train them to go out and provide the proper information. That's another thing. Mm -hmm. Like the internet is not your friend all the time when it comes right. to this yeah. particular thing. Yeah, Google isn't the end all be all. And then also we trained up a younger generation called the Junior Ambassadors, which mm -hmm. are high school students and college students that are advocates with their own age group, their friends and their family, uh, because they are the legacy not only of the organization, but they're the legacy of, 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 our, uh, of our community. And so um, we created the four pillars to make sure that all of our programming fell under those four spaces. Okay. Um, so that we can be very intentional about how we do our work. Yeah. We don't do everything, but we pretty tried to, we pretty much tried to cover the entire continuum of care and then do soft handoffs to our partners mm. that are in the community that can take it a step further if we couldn't. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's great that you're working with other entities in the community because black women face a unique challenge when we are going through breast cancer from diagnosis to care. So can you share with us some insights on that? Um, specifically around black breast cancer in black women, mm -hmm. number one, our tumors are just more aggressive. Mm -hmm. And because of that, intentional treatments and interventions must be almost custom made for us, right? Wow. Because of the, the disease and the progression of the disease. And one of the biggest things that I would encourage the community to continue to do is to gain knowledge about what's happening. You know, it's really important, okay. the, the knowledge about what's going on and not hearing it from a friend, from a friend, from a friend. That's OK, but make sure <laughs> yeah. that there's fact based information that we're that we're dealing with, because our challenges are different. Also, social and economical issues are are afoot as well, you know, children and families and other things like that that we also have to deal with while dealing with a potential diagnosis of breast cancer. So those that are listening and watching, right, you know, many are like, wow, how can I tap in? How can I receive, you know, some of the resources that Pink Forever provides? Can you share some of the programs that you have? Sure. Um, well, all of our programs are on our website, which is okay. pinkforever.org. Okay. The majority of our programs, you can register right online mm -hmm. or located right here in Indianapolis mm -hmm. um, on the northwest side of town. But how you tap into the majority of the programs they have, the great thing about our organization is all of our programs are free. Nice. All of our programs are free. Our mammography is free. Anytime you want a speaker, if you have something going on, or a teacher, um, those programs are free. We do something called the basic of breast cancer. Our trainings are free. And then health fairs and other things like that where you see us out of the community, those are free as well. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and I think that does matter, right? Yeah. And, and, and having access matters. Um, 
because that can also be a barrier as well. So the biggest things I would say about the Pink Forever organization that I absolutely love is that we um, strengthen our partnership so strongly that anything that you want to do with us mm -hmm. or anything that we can do for you is free. It's just simply free. It's really, we're just a phone call away or you can tap into our website. We have a wonderful executive director named Lisa Hayes that is out in the community daily. Yes. Um, and, and, and is doing the work. And um, yeah, I would say that that's the best way to um, get a hold of us. We're open Monday through Friday. And then we also take weekend calls, so. Okay, cool. We made ourselves available. When you talk about full service, Pink Forever is definitely full service. Yes, ma'am. So, so in closing, what words of hope or message of hope or empowerment you can share with women, especially black women going through their own journey? I would say, speaking from the seat of a breast cancer survivor, I'll, I'll take that lens. Okay. And being 16 years away from what I was told when I was just a young girl, mm -hmm. that you're looking at hope. Nice. Yeah. You're looking at perseverance. You're looking at what they say you can't do. You're looking at someone with a full head of hair that once didn't even have eyebrows anymore, mm. you know. And so I would encourage one that has been diagnosed with breast cancer or know someone that has been diagnosed with breast cancer to, number one, get involved. But number two, you can absolutely do it if you think you can. Mm. If you think you can. If you think you can. Mm. And getting to that point where you know you can right yeah and that's a there's two that's two different walks as it well I, I, I love that you brought that out there yeah. is. there was once that I, I did I thought I could get through it and then there was one day as time went on and uh, that I knew that I could mm. and I, I have a, a different type of vibration you know because yeah. I know and my, I know that it may not be easy, mm -hmm. but I know that there are resources available out there through Pink Forever and through other partnerships, yeah. specifically here in this great city. And I just encourage folks to take advantage of the resources that are out there because they are out there. And then if you need some help, here we are. We'd be more <laughs> than happy to to help you, even if our, the, our organization has multiple partnerships. Yeah. Um, in the community and not small ones. Mm. And I don't think our partners would be upset if we mentioned them. Um, but the American Cancer Society is a huge partner of ours and nice. I'll, I'll leave it there and you can check out our websites for our other ones, but we make mm -hmm. sure that we are tapped into the right people. Okay, well, thank you for tapping in with Excel. Yes, we thank appreciate you, you. And whenever you need us, you know, you know that we're here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you all for watching this episode of Excel and remember to exhale and be well.